Guys, welcome back to the Iris Pod. I'm delighted today to be joined by Greg Copley of ACF Technologies, who are an expert in delivering solutions for CX. Um, we're going to dig into that. Welcome, Greg. Thank you. We've got a slightly reconfigured setup because we're moving office. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, you're not blending too much into our into our rustic brick wall. But um, welcome to Iris HQ and the Iris Pod. Um, I feel a little bit underprepared because you guys run a very professional podcast. So hopefully we uh, we reach the levels of your uh, of your work. Um, Greg, let's start here. ACF Technologies, what is it that you do? Sure. So um, thanks firstly for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Um, we uh, so we specialize in the delivery of technologies that help enterprises improve or enhance their customer experience. So what that shapes up to be in reality is things like enterprise appointment management solutions, uh, queuing solutions, virtual queuing solutions, video engagement solutions. Um, and we basically uh, utilize a variety of technologies, deliver that to the enterprise and then work with them, I guess, in a consultative manner as well, where we help them over years shape that general or go on that journey of shaping the improvement of customer experience. So it's, it starts with technology, but normally, you know, evolves with consultancy and ideas and experience and things like that. So, yeah. A, a wise former boss of mine um, once said, before you can create a truly exceptional customer experience, you first have to create an amazing employee experience. Otherwise, your employees don't buy into delivering whatever it is that you're trying to talk to these important customers about. How much is that employee experience part of this uh, important philosophy yeah it's actually a i think a huge huge area within cx is actually just looking at the general satisfaction and happiness of your staff it's something that came out of our own podcast actually quite a number of times a real common reoccurring uh, trend of of topic basically people were saying it's great to focus on your external customers but don't forget your internal ones too yeah um, so I've seen a lot of that come up in conversation over the years, and I would say it has a direct correlation. There is no question about it. You know, if you can design technologies and solutions and processes so that they uh, are easy for staff to understand, that is ultimately empowering the staff member. And if you can empower staff, then you're going to end up with a better, um, a better external customer experience. So I would say the two are interlinked and pretty intrinsic. How much? You know, when you're talking about technology in this space, um, is it seen as essential yet? Or is this still something where, you know, when I think about CX and what it means to deliver a truly great customer experience, it feels like every single cust- every single company out there talks about that. Mm-hmm. But a percentage that's a lot less than 100% really invest and deploy an exceptional customer experience. Yeah. Is this still seen as something that's quite optional or businesses finding budget to invest and make this part of their core offering? I'd say technology, sorry, that improves the customer experience, experience sorry, is a, is a very broad, is a very broad yeah. uh, set of technologies. You know, anything from appointment booking all the way through to chatbots, you know, there's a huge variety of technologies basically on offer. Um, from my experience in working with a lot of a lot of enterprise organizations you've really got to avoid the trap of picking a technology because it's a hot topic and going all guns blazing on rolling it out to the business when actually you haven't done the groundwork to really qualify whether it's needed or to look at what inherent benefits it's actually going to bring to the business so chatbots actually such a good example you know so many organizations over the years have rolled out chatbots yet i'm 
pretty uh, uh, hard, hard, you know, hard done by to find someone who's actually been impressed by a chatbot over the years. Um, yeah, <laughs> in some respects, like it, it normally lends itself to like a difficult or a cumbersome experience where you don't get, you know, don't get the outcome you really want. And I know that's not all the case, and not all chatbot technologies are bad at all. But quite commonly, when you look at the technology, it has lots of amazing benefits, potential benefits. When it's actually implemented, normally it leads to a bit of frustration on the customer side. So um, avoiding traps like that, I'd say, is, is a big thing when it comes to CX technology. But then on the counter to that, when you do implement the right technology in the right way, the benefits can be exponential. Uh, you can You can shape not only a much simpler and improved customer experience for the end customer, you can make the life of the staff a lot easier like we talked about. Um, which can have such knock-on effects to like longevity of uh, your customers. Um, sorry, the like the lifetime of your customer uh, in terms of their journey with you. So, I think if done correctly, can be amazing. If not done in the right way or with the right steps, I think can be um, potentially brand damaging. Yeah, I think sometimes as a customer, you want a quick. You don't have to speak to someone. I don't want to wait in a queue. I just want a quick answer. Yeah, it feels like the potential's there for that self-serve. I can think of examples where it's infuriating. You mm -hmm. ask the question, and it comes back with something that you know isn't actually anything. I can think yeah. of a. I won't name them. Um, they probably get quite a lot of heat online already. But a particular parcel <laughs> delivery company that you know you'll say my parcel hasn't been delivered, and they'll come back on the chatbot and it would say. I understand that you can't find your parcel. It's like, no, 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 it hasn't been delivered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't twist this into a me problem. This <laughs> yeah. is a you problem. Yeah, and yeah. then you can't find a phone number to speak to someone. It feels like mm -hmm. it can actually, by implementing some of these things, like you say, actually be quite uh, damaging to, to yeah. brand rather than the thing that it's supposed to be there to do, which is enhance customer Yep, customer experience. Couldn't agree more. I think I um I once spoke to someone actually again on our podcast, and the way they put it was I think really encapsulates everything, which is you should be implementing technology to bring your customers closer, not move them further away. Mm. And quite commonly, technology gets put in in a way that actually you're pushing the customer further away. Yeah, you know when you implement such technologies that like we maybe talked about there, all you're doing is creating a slightly bigger rift between you and your customer, and ultimately what they want to achieve. And I think if you can always have that uh, self-check in place mm. so that, you know, are we implementing a technology or a process here that's actually for our benefit and therefore pushing the customer slightly further away and maybe delaying that customer coming to us? Or are we putting that in place in a way that actually it's going to bring our customer closer? We're going to create a better interaction. And so I like think, to think of it like, like that, really, you know, in that respect. So. Yeah, and that's, that, that's definitely interesting. In terms of... You know, if I think back, not even that far ago, like five, certainly 10 years ago, mm. if I wanted to go and see my, not my bank manager, but someone at the bank, I could yep. set up an appointment. I yep. could probably get one, you know, for half an hour within a few days. Mm -hmm. That is a, that I, it's a non-starter now. It's going to be an interaction over a phone call at, or at best, yep. if it's some sort of, you know, if it's a mortgage, I might have a Zoom call or something like that. Yeah. What's your understanding of how the market's shifting and the different forms of communication that are really offered up now to customers to interact with their with their the companies that they're purchasing or have services with 
Yeah, I think it's it makes for a really interesting conversation because the world we are in right now is, um, you can't really dispute it's a hybrid world. Um, we utilize a combination of online resources, uh, over the telephone, over video for customer service, as well as obviously in person. And I'd say the future is going to continue to be that. And it's it's for every organization, each brand, it's about working out what is the best formula for your brand and mm. your service. So um, in the pandemic over the last couple of years, we saw this huge rise in the importance of virtual customer service models. So whether that's online and digital self-serve, or it's actually virtual customer service in the form of contact centers, video solutions, things of that nature. And I think personally that is going to continue. So I think that's going to continue to gradually grow. It may not be as prevalent as what we saw in the pandemic, but I still think that virtual customer service in its importance is going to continue to grow. Even though we have a rising growth of online and self-serve, I still feel those virtual touch points are going to be absolutely crucial. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like when you're, we spoke about this on a, on a number of podcasts and it was definitely a topic at the recent call and contact center mm. expo in, in London. Uh, it feels like when the touch point is with an actual human, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, even more so if it was face to face, but let's say virtual, mm -hmm. it feels like those are very important premium conversations yep. that need that higher level of quality in whatever form you're talking about to make that, you know, a really uh, productive moment between two or more people. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree. I think the future, again, of customer service is premium comes from human to human interaction. I would say that is going to be inevitably the play that, that will be a part of every customer service model is that where you have more transactional based interactions and services, quite commonly that will be self-serve, um, you know, utilizing simple online resources or simple sort of transactional models. It could be even in the form of chatbots and getting quick responses. Um, I would say then that leaves the door open in terms of yeah the opportunity to create a more premium customer experience uh, with your human to human interactions and I think we th we thrive off it I think there is no better way to create um, a better long term brand experience than with human to human contact I think it's one of the things that a lot of organisations struggled with most actually in the pandemic in particular because I, I we really saw this like. Um, this sort of wedge or this gap was driven between customers and businesses because they weren't properly set up to actually handle the volume and, and connect with customers in a virtual world. But I think that's going to continue to be extremely important, but also very much just, you know, an essential part of your technology roadmap and things of that nature. So yeah, focusing on that, I'd say. It, it feels like companies, as much as, you know, people give them a bad, uh, a, bit, a bad rep sometimes, but companies like Amazon come to mind, mm -hmm. right? Yep. If something goes wrong with a product, you got everything that you could possibly need in your, I know they've got infinite resources, but <laughs> you know, you go into your account, that was the order, that product's broken, didn't turn up. It feels like the automation then seamlessly then connects with a real, I assume it's a real human. They might have some crazy <laughs> AI and I think I'm speaking to a human and I'm not. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And it just feels like they're empowered to make a decision as well. Even a, yeah. um, what would probably be considered as a as a as a customer service mm -hmm. agent that's probably you know on a on a minimal wage, mm -hmm. but they feel empowered to actually yeah. make a choice 
Yeah. And ultimately, yeah. that's what you want rather than, oh, I'll have to go and speak to someone and they put you on hold. And then mm. is that, are they helping other companies strive for better or are they just yeah. putting other companies out of business? No, I think I think uh, companies like Amazon, where you do see an exceptional level of customer experience in all forms, not just the technology they use, like you say, the way they empower staff, the processes they design, you know, when you are in the back end of your Amazon Prime account, like you say, you can find everything you need. You need, you know, transaction history, order history, invoices. It's all there. Everything is there. And it's um, I think it, it pushes the market. I think it drives the market forward. Um, I think we all in some level we all inherently measure ourselves up to brands like that whether it's apple for years has always been like the gold standard for for like in-store experience or yeah. you know brand experience amazon from like a process perspective and there's countless examples i'd say of, of brands like that um and i would say they hold us they, they make us all hold ourselves to a standard that we should strive for um when it comes to the way we design processes customer experience another great example i heard about the other day is um you know pret obviously the, the the coffee provider they i believe they empower all of their staff to give away one or two free coffees i think per day yeah um for the sense of just trying to make people's days better and yeah. i think that is such a simple yet a great example of how you can you know empower your staff in such a quite a straightforward way but actually the long-term effects that will have on the brand you will turn people from you know absolute starbucks fans into prep fans overnight because of something like that so simple yet extremely powerful from a brand experience perspective so as a recipient of that exact example yep they obviously start to recognize who's coming in to this store frequently mm -hmm. and they're like oh it's on us today yep. and i thought oh that is amazing. What a kind person. And then a couple of months later, it happened again. And I, I mentioned this exact example. And they said, oh, no, they did loads of research. They were going to do a, a loyalty thing. And they decided just to yeah, yeah, yeah. empower their staff. I think it's a fantastic example. They've actually introduced a loyalty thing now. And I wonder if that's a backward step for them. Yeah. It's like a perks card thing where it says, oh, now you've got a perk. Yeah. And I wonder if that's complementary to what else they're doing or whether they've tried to systemize it. Yeah, I think... We've um, we've spoken quite a lot over the years with our customers about loyalty and how do you how do you create loyalty and I think it actually is a really to me it's such an interesting topic of conversation mm. because loyalty over the over the years has had a shift in my opinion. Um, in the past, it was more about effectively buying loyalty. I think you could quite easily buy people's loyalty from a brand perspective, and people would just move to where they feel like they're getting the best deal. But I feel like that's changed. I don't honestly think that's the same. I think loyalty now is more of a two-way street where yes uh, a brand would like loyalty from the customer but actually now the customer also expects loyalty from the brand yeah and that can come in multiple ways it could be we expect you to hold yourselves to a certain level when it comes to your corporate social responsibility or it could be more direct in terms of the benefits i receive from your brand there's so many different ways in which it can be a two-way street but um, I think it was in 2021, there was a, a loyalty report. I can't remember the name of it. I have to try and dig it out. Um, but the loyalty report specifically talked about this shift in customer loyalty and how we are much more aware as consumers. And therefore, our expectations of a brand are greater than they've ever been, especially when it comes to if we give you our loyalty of business, we expect the same in return. And this two-way loyalty uh, play effectively is something I think a lot of marketeers are starting to think about it and that's maybe 
part of the explanation as to why Pratt are doing more than maybe they were doing before. I don't know. But yeah, I just thought it was such a, I think it's really impressive, particularly when bigger businesses get mm-hmm. loyalty right. Because yep. ultimately it's about being authentic. Yep. Um, and maybe maybe a lot of companies overcomplicate, overcomplicate that. In fact, small businesses overcomplicate and it's probably a good example <laughs> yeah. where technology really is sometimes overused. Like, I just refuse loyalty cards at coffee shops or anywhere mm-hmm. now. I don't want that thing. Yeah. Make it frictionless or, you know, I'll just pay what I call the lazy tax and I don't want that free coffee in every tent. I can't be bothered to carry around these, yep. these, this stamp or this new app or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is that as well. And I think, um, I think, I guess, that, I guess in, in some respects, you could maybe link that back to what we were mentioning earlier, which is putting technology in the way of the customer experience rather than helping the customer experience. And the idea might be great, but actually if you're giving someone else something else to do in their day, we don't need anything else to do in our day. We're busy enough as it is. We've got enough emails. We've got enough apps. Uh, we've got enough notifications going off all day. What we don't want to have to think about is another thing to do. Mm. So there's always striking that balance in terms of what you're asking someone to do. Is it worth the reward you're giving them? And I think a lot of over the years, we've seen a lot of customer loyalty programs fail because of that, because they expect too much from you and actually you don't get enough in return mm. from the business. Yeah. And it could be, you know, I spend a thousand pounds and I get five points. It's like, well, five points doesn't get me anything. So, yeah. um, or it could be, yeah, in the sense of, you know, to redeem this voucher, you have to print this, go here, add this code, da, da, da. and actually before you know it, you're like, no, this is way too much for me. So. Yeah, I think you've got to strike the balance in terms of what you ask the customer to do. I think wise, very wise. Um, in terms of this journey that you build with technology for your clients and at some point, okay, I've got to speak to someone now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and we know from our research that actually an industry that was taking a bit of a downturn, in fact, in terms of total number of call center agents globally, um, the, the pandemic, swear word on this podcast, um, then started to see an uptick. This was a vital service again. And actually now we see an industry that's going to grow yep, yep. Uh, to something like 18 million desks globally by 2025. Mm-hmm. Um, how important are those touch points, technology, you know, um, automation, et cetera, out of the way when I was speaking to a human being? Mm-hmm. How important is that moment to get that right? I think it's crucial. I do honestly think it's crucial because uh, with the rising opportunity to create self-serve environments and self-serve technologies, it to me it just puts a greater emphasis when a customer does speak to an agent, you know, a representative of your business, your brand, because that's exactly how the customer sees them. Getting it right is is absolutely crucial. Um, and when you break down any human to human, especially in the form of like a contact center. Uh, interaction you know let's start with what what often is driving an interaction especially with a call center quite commonly frustratingly it's coming from a negative state of mind in the customer side you know you don't often ring the call, call center to have a chat or because you're having a great day yeah um, normally the customer is calling because there's a problem there's an issue they want to redeem something they maybe want to ask a question at best so I think if you actually look at it uh, in its truest sense a customer interaction is quite commonly starting from a negative point of mind. So therefore getting it right is even more important. Um, so when you break down the whole virtual customer service uh, journey for your customers, 
I think starting there is probably the honest but the right way to look at it. You know, these customers are already frustrated or annoyed on some level. So how are we going to turn that into a really positive experience? And um, I once spoke to a, a, a guy from... I won't say the brand name, but it's one of the guests we've had on our podcast, but um, a very premium retail brand uh, here in London. And he talked about using every opportunity as uh, a brand experience uh, enhancer or something that's going to basically downgrade your brand experience. So every time you have an interaction with the customer, it's either going to make your brand experience, so your brand perception in the mind of the customer slightly better or slightly worse. And their job as, you know, call center agents. Oh, that's all right. Um, this is a podcast and this is what happens. We've got a technology to remove that <laughs> clattering noise in the background, yeah. so it's fine. It's all good. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I think I think when you when you look at uh, technologies, um, yeah, te technology experiences basically where you've got uh, a call center agent speaking to a, to a member of staff. They've got to think in their mind, how am I going to send this customer away with a slightly better brand image than when they first came onto this call? Mm. That's how I've sort of always seen it. And when I speak to you know the real experts, that's how they tend to position it. So getting those interactions right is is crucial and. Um, and obviously, you know, we've been speaking recently about what, you know, what you guys do with your technology and, and it really does play a role, you know, creating a more positive audio experience, for example, is a crucial part of that, uh, is a crucial part of that customer journey. If you're calling a call center, you're annoyed, you're angry, we've all been there, right? Um, you're not happy with your product, hasn't shown up or something like that. And you call a call center and all you can hear is background noise and barely hear the person you're speaking to or you know you're struggling to understand one another you know we know that does one thing and it just builds frustration um so you know which is ultimately going to end in a a downward spiral of your brand image so i think it's crucial like yeah you know, when you break it down well i'm glad i'm glad you you brought that aspect up obviously you know if we're trying to make that moment have less friction yeah you know if you can hear a hundred people in the background that's annoying mm -hmm. but also for the agent they are dealing with uh you know how many dials are they doing a day like many many you know <laughs> tens if not into the very high towards 100 dials a day and yeah. speaking to customers in uncontrollable locations and it's frustrating for both sides and it's not conducive to mm -hmm. problem solving or premium experience so i think it's a really a really solid solid point and i guess without getting too technical kind of leads to that net promoter score yep. me mentality right and really only people that are nines and tens on that scale are, are mm -hmm. promoters the rest of them or either detracting, saying something poor about your brand, or mm -hmm. not really saying anything positive at all or bad. Yep, I have spoken to quite a few brands actually. That uh, sorry to use the swear word again of the pandemic, but um, in the pandemic they did make serious progress in the net promoter score, and it was because they got that call center experience right. Hmm. They really had a great model set up going into what was actually a large increase in traffic in that channel. Um, and by getting it right, they came out the other end with a much higher net promoter score than they thought they were going to ever achieve. Interesting. And it was because they had actually directed uh, a lot of their customers to their call center, knowing that it was a well-oiled machine. It wasn't uh, an immature, 
all set it up in a panic sort of situation where we saw yeah. some brands. It was already there, well-established, had very good processes, they had empowered staff, and actually they came out the other end in a better place than they went in. So there's a couple of brands, examples I've seen that, and you know, hats off to them because uh, they took uh, lemons and turned it into lemonade, basically, from, yeah. from how I see it, really. I think um, I think it was a moment, and, and now is still a moment, where technology is a great leveler mm -hmm. those companies that are willing to change their culture their working model and onboard technologies to help mm -hmm. um and they can do it at relatively low cost yeah is is, yeah. is actually the key point here mm -hmm. and i think it's more of a mindset thing than a technical hurdle mm -hmm. um if you really you know if yeah. you really examine the challenge it's a people problem and a mindset to overcome that hybrid working is not such an issue yeah for instance exactly. yeah um even now you know definitely the theme i think moving forward yeah yeah over the last couple of years we've rolled out a lot of video based solutions right and um where we enable one-to-one -one customer to obviously contact center let's say or even connecting customers with members of staff in the branch when they can quite happily walk into the branch but they're choosing to use video and we've learned a lot through through rolling out video technology um, but most importantly we've realized that actually it's uh, it's another channel that really I think needs to be there um, yeah. when you look at the way that customers demand more choice than ever uh, they want to be able to pick not only the channel that best suits them but they want the ability to change that channel should they want to so uh, a common scenario we find happening um, is where a customer let's say books an appointment for a face-to-face -face interaction but it's raining it's cold uh, they're now uh, their kids off sick of school, for example, so they're stuck at home. Yet they still want to speak to that person that they come mm. to speak to, but they can't get to that physical location. Well, technology nowadays is perfectly in, in, you know equipped to allow them to change from a face to face to a video call or to a telephone call. No problem. We can easily do that from from a tech perspective. Yet most brands don't have that ability. And actually, if you look at that scenario. That is a very common occurrence uh, with with customer experience. Yet yeah, very few organisations are set up to do it. But the ones that are, I think, are going to be leagues ahead when it comes to you know the long term play of how they see this whole omni channel and how they see that uh, fluidity of customers moving from one channel to another. Um, so I guess that links into it in some respects. But yeah, customers are more demanding. Why do we know that? We asked uh, we asked call centre agents in our in a study which we published in a white paper and you can download that white paper over 450 people already have so why not also download it and you can find out other interesting things about the demands of the call center space the agents but also the customer angle you can get that at www.iris.audio forward slash white paper and i've learned that because i always get that wrong and i have to look for confirmation from the team and they're giving me a thumbs up so that's the correct url you can get that for free it's free Go for it. Um, I wanted to flip gears. Yep. Our companies are similar in one way. Well, many ways, actually, in our yeah, philosophies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. in another way, because we both have a podcast. Yep. Um, the CX Insider podcast is a very successful podcast. You have far more subscribers and viewers than we do and some Thanks. excellent guests. Um, I want to start here. Like, why do you guys have a podcast? Because it kind of feels, mm -hmm. we get asked it a lot, you know, what's the point of that? But actually... Fantastic storytelling, ways to 
get different angles. Yep. You know, not salesy. Yep. You know, what's your philosophy on why that's an important part of your strategy? Um, I'm really passionate, in all honesty, about podcasting in general, uh, our podcast, everyone's podcast, really, that, that really goes on that journey of setting one up. Because I do believe there is a lot of power in social discourse. There's a lot of power in sharing ideas, the collaboration of ideas, people sharing their best uh, initiatives and, uh, and, and what they've learned in their experience over their careers. I think there's so much that can be gained from it. So we set up our podcast uh, about three years ago because we decided instead of being like uh you know every other sort of uh, sales team out there for example or marketing team whereby you know you're, you're dialing the phones and you're, you're hassling people on linkedin we would rather focus our energies and efforts on building a community of like-minded individuals that basically value customer experience as highly as we do so we started off very badly. <laughs> Our first few episodes, are, I really don't recommend listening to because they're, <laughs> they're terrible. The ones we recorded that never published, they're even worse. So <laughs> thankfully, you'll never see them. But um, we started off really by saying, okay, well, what do people want to want to hear about? And to me, it comes down to two things. It's, it's value and it's entertainment. People, yeah. people want to learn, but they also want to be entertained. And so over the years, our podcast has just evolved to trying to find the people in our industries that people really want to hear from. So the head of customer experience, the head of digital, the head of uh, brand, brand experiences, at, at some of the largest organizations in the world. Um, and the reason why people want to hear from them is because we really value their insights and their experiences and quite commonly you know their careers are something of of uh, of you know great importance and they've done they've done amazing things and got incredible results hence they are where they are now and so we really make a i guess we make an effort to bring out their best ideas to the table so that others could learn from it um and in that sharing of ideas and people are so open and we're so appreciative of it but so people are so open to sharing their ideas and all their best best thoughts and and and, and programs that they've tried and things like that um the benefit to people listening and watching i think is just just amazing so i i absolutely love it i enjoy it. it's one of the most enjoyable things about our, our our job for sure is that we get to we get to connect with such cool people yeah i mean i'm completely mirror it i think mm. the the value exchange as i call it where we're you know we give a we're giving it up for free you know there's no point in yeah i think i think it's a real shift in mindset of forward-thinking companies to really uh offer up their secrets their yeah. methodologies their philosophies you know ultimately there's a big market out there which mm -hmm. we can all benefit from so by sharing our ideas and the way that we overcame problems mm -hmm. Uh, and having like-minded people, as you say, discuss that and yeah. uh, and share it is good for everyone, and uh, is actually secretly quite a good sales tool as well. Yep, yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I actually, um, we actually once had well, quite quite a few times. To be honest, we've had quite a few people on on the podcast, and yeah, they turned around and just said, "We we love what you're doing because I like your way of approaching me." She, you know, he or she, for example, would say. Um, we know you want to speak to us about your product or your service, and I will do that because you've taken this approach and not the other, which is just, you know, hassling them at six o'clock in the evening or whatever on the phone and, and stuff like that. So we value the exchange of value, and therefore yeah. we put our foot forward with the hope that they will return 
uh, you know, their time and just to look at our, our solutions and things of that nature. But first and foremost, the output, I guess, that, that benefits to everyone is the quality of the conversation and the ideas that come to light because of it, really. So, yeah, we love it. So, some particular guests that you've had that you you'd call out for people to go and check into. Um, yeah, a couple that j jumped to mind. So in the last like six months, we've gone full video. So yeah. if you go to YouTube and type CX Insider Podcast, you'll, you'll see about 10 or 15 episodes now of just pure video episodes, which has been amazing. A couple that jump out are um, a guy called Harry from Monzo Bank. So Monzo Bank being a digital bank, um, he has been a pioneer in their uh, utilization of language. So if you think about uh, Monzo, it's a digital experience inherently because they don't have physical locations and you know they have call centers but it's not their primary method of communication their primary method of communication is through the app and through the phone so language every single word is absolutely fundamental and he came on our podcast and talked about how he he goes back to you know ancient uh ancient language he goes back to old english and talks about how language has evolved and how uh, he's trying to break down, for example, um, these nuances of banking, which are, you know, tend to be very complex language, uh, you know, hard for people to understand. And he's got to break down that stigma, basically, of banking and try and put it into a modern way of talking to a customer. So instead of it always being formal, it's now emojis, it's things of that nature. And really? that's, that's the modern day communication. Yeah. So why would you not try and communicate with people how they want to be spoken to? So yeah, that's one episode that jumps out. And um, let me think of another one. Uh, oh, we've got so many. <laughs> Sorry. But one actually that, that definitely jumps out is um, is the guys at Santander Technology. So we work with um, Santander as, as as one of our clients. But we also work centrally um, with this, the, the Santander technology and global operations. Yeah. And their job is to build and deploy the latest technologies across the world to basically enhance customer experience. And what they've done uh, over the last few years with this, uh, what we call the Internet of Things, so technology that involves you know, connected devices, what they've done at Santander and what they're continuing to do is extremely impressive. Um, and uh, yeah. The, the two guys that came and spoke on our podcast, worth checking that one out for sure, because what they've done uh, in their world and continue to do is, is definitely revolutionary. So, It's a, it's a new one on my, uh, on my playlist. I, I listen to the news agents religiously. I don't know if you've picked that one up yet, which is Emily no, Matis and no, uh, I haven't actually. I'll John Sopel um, yeah. and Jamie Goodall, uh, which is an excellent, you know, 35 minutes a day, yeah. um, you know, snapshot of the of the whatever the trending news item is but i need one for my that's that's the evening commute so i need one for the morning commute so cx insider is my new new subscriber one so i'll catch up um thanks greg it's been great to have you on the on the podcast um i'm looking forward to reciprocating in the new year yep. on the cx insider if people want to come and check out acf technologies and what you guys do yep. people want to level up their cx yep. where can they find you personally and the company uh well you're going to find obviously ACF Technologies and all uh, all of the socials in particular, but you know we have a real big presence on LinkedIn. So if you look for ACF Technologies, you'll certainly find us there. Also, if you if you want to really try and plug into this community that we're building around CX experts and ideas around you know our podcast, if you just search for CX Insider Podcast 
on LinkedIn, for example, we've got a page with you know fifteen hundred, I think, followers or something like that. So, and it's growing every day, and there's ideas being shared on there, and um, you know, we run polls and questionnaires and things of that nature. So, yeah, look for us on LinkedIn mainly. Um, is a big platform for us, whether it's ACF or CX Insider. Um, and yeah, you can connect with me on LinkedIn and obviously any of our team. So, excellent. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, everyone, for joining the Iris Pod in our cosy corner this time. We'll see you again soon. Thanks. Thanks.